0: Thanks for joining us today for the Anchor Daily. We are reading through the books of Acts, learning about the early church and the unstoppable power of the gospel. Listen close as we dive deep into Luke's and Paul's accounts.
1: Are you like me in that you like to plan and prepare well? Or are you a more spontaneous and fly by the seat of your pants kind of person? Don't get me wrong. I don't mind change overall but I do like to prepare for it. Hey everyone, this is Aaron White. Over the next three days, we're going to be looking at the three missionary journeys of Paul as recorded in the book of Acts. To give us a similar structure each day as we review them, we're going to be using the five W's. Who, what, when, where, and why. Today we are looking at the first missionary journey, which is found in Acts chapters 13 and 14. Let's start by looking at who is participating in this missionary journey. Barnabas and Saul are the primary two, but we also learn that John Mark had been with them at first. We read in Acts 13:13 13, 13, that he leaves Saul and Barnabas to return home. At the beginning of chapter 13, Paul is still referred to as Saul. When we get to verse nine, it says that Saul is also called Paul, and then he is referred to as Paul from there on out. So what does this journey entail? It was a missionary journey covering approximately 895 miles. It is estimated that they walked 15 miles a day by foot. Can you imagine? And this wouldn't be all a bunch of smooth terrain either. And they preached and ministered on top of all of this strenuous travel. Daryl Bach, in his commentary on Acts, describes the importance of this first journey and what is happening in the church at that time, when he says, The account describes the first step in missions as the called out and divinely directed activity of a group organized for this specific goal. The church is becoming more organized and intentional about outreach, end quote. When did this journey occur? It was over the time period of about one and a half years total, and it took place between 46 to 47 AD. Where did they go? In this first journey, we see them go primarily to Cyprus and Galatia. They visit Cyprus, Pisidian Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, and then return to Syria. And for the last of our five W's, why did Paul and Barnabas go? As I mentioned in the description from Bach, this journey was the quote, first step in missions. End quote. So it lasts for a shorter time period with them preaching for the first time in new areas which they will build upon in the subsequent journeys. Paul and Barnabas were fulfilling the great commission to make disciples of all nations to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit appointed them for this mission, and they were fulfilling that call. In this response to the Holy Spirit, we can learn both how to be good senders and how to be faithful goers. This is not just in the context of global missions and going overseas, but following God's calling in whatever ministry and place he has called us to. Here at Bethel, we've had our fair share of leaders recently that we have had to release for them to step into their next phase of ministry as God has called them to. As we face times like these, we can learn from the church leaders in Antioch who were faced with sending out and releasing two of their best. Chuck Swindoll, in his book on Paul, from the Great Lives from God's Word series, speaks of this when he says, quote, pay attention to the response of the church. The scripture says, when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. How commendable, how refreshing. No man belonged to them. They met with the Lord, made sure his direction was clear, and then took prompt action. They released God's men to the work the Spirit was calling them to do, and the two men, once released, jumped. Just as we see the church being willing to follow God's call by sending out Paul and Barnabas, we see those two men faithfully responding and going. God made it clear what he wanted for them to do, and they obeyed. God doesn't always give much, if any, of an advance notice when he is calling us to do something different. Are we ready and willing to follow that call if or when he so speaks to us? Swindoll references this faithful response when he says, When you are called by God to go to a place you would never have expected to go, there's no need to be afraid of change. Change brings adventure, and adventure stretches your faith. All of that spells growth. Growth happens within us when we face risk, head on. Faith and risk go hand in hand. As I asked at the beginning, If you're more of a planner or a spontaneous person, we all have to be ready to answer God's calling whether he gives much time to prepare or not. He may call someone we love to go. If that happens, will we be good senders like the church in Antioch? Or he may call us to go ourselves. In that case, are we willing to faithfully follow his call to a new work, ministry, or location? I'm going to leave you with this encouragement from Paul as he wrote to the Galatians that he ministered to during his first missionary journey. Galatians 6, 9 through 10 says, Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the household of faith.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Listen tomorrow as we encourage each other through God's Word. If you haven't already subscribed, Please do so because we would love to continue to grow with you. We'd also like a chance to connect further with you. If you go to bethel.ch, you can find all sorts of ways to serve, worship, and learn together.